Good Friday, Cathedral of Faith. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Can we stand to our feet in this moment in honor of the presence of the Lord?
Come on, imagine that moment. Imagine that moment. And now let words of praise come out of our mouth. Come on, begin to lift up words of thanksgiving. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, God, for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up a shout of praise. Come on, a mighty shout of praise. Clap your hands, lift up a shout of thanksgiving. Cathedral family, God is good and all the time. Welcome to our Good Friday service. Wherever you're at on campus, those in the building, out in the amphitheater, those who are in the parking lot, and also all those who are watching online, thank you for joining us for this very special day. When we celebrate with almost two and a half billion people around the world, that moment 
when God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can we give him praise for his amazing, amazing love? I'm so glad that you're here. That's really what Easter week is all about. It's about the love of God reaching out to you. And it's so great to be able to gather together again. Can we give God praise for that? Amen. We're together again. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to invite you to let's affirm our belief today with all those believers all around the world. I invite you to join me in saying the Apostles' Creed together. If we can bring that up, here we go. Let's affirm what we believe as believers today. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. But the third day he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. This is our declaration of faith today. God's love reaching out to us. In fact, before you're seated, would you turn to two or three people and tell them you are loved by God? Go ahead and do that. We don't want to miss the message. You are loved by God. Well, this is a very special weekend, and uh, we have uh, some amazing things happening this weekend. Tonight at 7.30, we will be playing in our Horton Youth Center right next door, the movie, The Passion of the Christ. And so we invite you to come out to that. That'll be at 7.30 tonight at the Horton Youth Center. And this Sunday is Easter Sunday. We're looking forward to celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ right here together. And we have three services to do that. One at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Would you say that with me? 8.30, 10, and 11.30. One more time. 8.30, 10, and 11.30. It's different than our normal times of service, so I want to make sure we're aware of that. And then also, we've put together a 30-minute Easter special that will be airing on CBS on Sunday morning at 9.30. And we're praying that God's going to use that special to reach out to the Bay Area and let the Bay Area know that God loves them. So we encourage you while you're here at church, you can be DVR on that to watch it later. But share that with your friends, family members, those around the Bay Area. Let's pray that Jesus will be exalted this Easter Sunday. And then I want to say thank you. Thank you to all the folks who have been just so faithful. 
for the entire year. Uh, in fact, all through the pandemic, because of your giving, there are many ways to give. You can give online, you can text, and give through the app, you can give on the way out after service. But however you give, thank you for all that you've done. Because of your giving, I was reviewing some uh, numbers with our reaching out team. And uh, it's amazing what they did just in the month of March. When you think of vulnerable populations in our community, you know, you think of kids and you think of seniors. And just kids and seniors alone, we were able to help feed over 10,000 children and help provide food for almost 5,000 seniors in the month of March alone. Way to go, Jim. Way to go, Cathedral of Faith. So thank you for your faithfulness. The big idea for today, I want to make sure you don't miss it. The big idea is I am. Would you say that with me? I am. Say it one more time. I am. What do you think of when you hear the words I am? Well, you may think about a story in the Old Testament where God is sending Moses to go to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh to let the people go from slavery. And Moses said, well, who shall I say has sent me? And God says, this is my name, I am. And then you fast forward to the life of Jesus and there is Jesus, he's in a, well, he's in a back and forth with the religious leaders. He had that happen so many times. He's trying to move them forward, they're trying to move back and in this back and forth, he says to them, he says, before Abraham was, I am. That in the person of Jesus, well, God has come to us all the way from heaven to earth as the great I am. And throughout the life of Jesus, he would make these I am statements. And each of them would reveal something about who he is and what he's done for us. And so for the next few moments... With the help of our pastoral team, I invite you to go on a journey with us to let the words of Jesus once again take hold of your heart, that you would meet the power of these words in this moment, because Jesus is the great I am, and all God's people said amen to that. The first I am, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, they will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. In Jesus' time, the shepherds would build structures that were connected to their home, and there they would put the sheep. But there were no doors, and the shepherd would either sit at the door during the day, or he would lie down there at night, thereby preventing any predators from coming in. When Jesus declared himself as the door, he was describing for us his care and compassion for us. And just like those sheep, we can admit and recognize that Jesus is our protector. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is our peace. When, what issues, what doubts, what concerns, what worries do you have? You can give those to the Lord today. 
You can declare him as your peace. And all of us in this room today recognize we need, we need his peace. He wants to protect us if we want that protection. He wants to provide for us if we want that provision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that you are my protector. I know that you are my provision. And I know that you are my peace. And Lord God, I ask you today to replace all my fears and my doubts with faith that you are for me and you are always with me. And I ask you, Lord God, that you would let Jesus be the door that closes out all the concerns of this world. In your precious name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. I am the good shepherd. Would you say that with me? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Shepherds are known to lead. They are known to protect and to guide. When shepherds are out watching over their sheep, and they may be even a sheep is grazing, minding their own business, and a wolf may come to harm the sheep, but it cannot because the shepherd is there. Shepherds are known to use one end of their staff to push away any danger that may come the way of the sheep. They use the other end of the staff to help guide the sheep when they seem to lose their way. So here's a question I have for you today. Are there areas in your life where you feel lost or afraid, surrounded by fears, or even on a point where you feel like you're all alone? I know for me, there's plenty of times where I felt this way. Being a single woman moving across the country, I often had to allow God to be my good shepherd, to experience him as my protection. Whenever we find ourselves lost, alone, we just need to lean on him. In Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Because he is a good shepherd, we don't have to worry about our anything that while we're sleeping or our day-to-day -day lifestyle. Because he takes our anxiety and our worries away. All we have to do is stay close to him. Then, and only then, we shall know what a great, good shepherd we have. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are my protector. I thank you that you are my steady and constant guide. Lord, just as you went after that one lost sheep opposed to the 99, and as you say in your word that the angels rejoice in heaven over that one that comes to you, thank you that I can rely on and trust you because you are who you say you are, our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Anquisha. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you read that with me? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. At this point in the gospel, the disciples have had a front row seat to Jesus for three years. They were witnessing what he could do, and they were learning about who he was. 
And yet, they still had questions, like they were missing out. And they kept asking Jesus the toughest questions in life. You know, like, what is the way to, well, a better life? Or what's the truth about fulfillment in life? Even what's the reason for living at all? So Jesus, like he still does for us today, well, he meets the disciples right where they're at to get them where he desires them to be. And he tells them not just one divine attribute, but three of them and all at once. So for the disciples, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So for the seeker and the believer today that might be wondering if I'm missing out and I'm losing out on life too. Well, it's like Jesus saying, look, make me the owner, the general manager, and the head coach of your life. And together, we can more than just win. We can be champions in life. <laughs> and in John 10, 10, Jesus leaves no question about it. He says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life that's full, that's rich, and that's satisfying. You know, over 20 years ago, I remember like it was yesterday. It was my third time here at Cathedral of Faith. I was sitting right over there in an aisle seat, you know, just in case I needed to bolt out of here. I wasn't quite sure about church yet. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and, and I'm questioning, and, I, and I'm struggling because I just want something to work out in my life, you know? But at the same time, I'm believing and I'm ready and to make a change because I really wanted more out of my life. But there were some things holding me back. Anxiety, confusion, feeling insignificant because I had failed in life. But then in one moment, with one decision, I gave it all to Jesus. And I discovered that Jesus, well, he was the answer to all of it. And he started to show me the way to, man, you know, just to be in a place where I can make good choices with my life, right? So I could start to overcome with my life. He started to become in me the truth that made all things possible. And I started to experience success in my life. And he brought me to my divine purpose so I could make a difference with my life. And what he did for me he can do for you too, right there in your seat. So find his way, discover his truth, choose his life. Then as a new creation, you can start to live full and you can begin to live free. Jesus is the answer. So now, what's your question? Thank you, Ramel. Pastor Irene and the team are coming to continue our worship of Jesus today.
message of God's love. It never gets old. Let's continue encountering Jesus in his declarations. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Would you say that with me? I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never hunger and the one who believes in me will never thirst. Amen. So just across the street from where I used to live in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, was the cutest little bakery. I had really never paid attention to it because I would always buy my bread at the supermarket behind my house where I lived. And I would always do that after work until one morning when I woke up very early and I opened up my window just to get some fresh air. And immediately the most delightful mouth-watering smell filled my whole living room. And as I peeked outside, I saw a line of people waiting in front of that cute little bakery at 6 a.m. in the morning. What? The smell, however, was so irresistible that I grabbed my boots, I threw a jacket over my pajamas, and I also waited in line with my fellow neighbors. And while waiting, the sweet scent of fresh bread filled that whole street. There was an excitement of expectation for bread in that line. It actually made me so happy. And I'm telling you, this bread was so good. It was crusty on top and it was still warm and, and fresh and soft from the inside. You see the supermarket bread that I was used to buying, it was convenient, it was quick, it was always there, but it was only filling. But this bakery bread was full filling. It was super fresh and healthy and filled with all the good stuff. And it satisfied and it fulfilled my appetite. And from that day, I never wanted anything else. The only thing though was, unlike the supermarket bread, you had to be quick because by noon, this bread was sold out. And I also found out from my neighbors that my now new 6 a.m. hotspot <laughs> had been one of the best bakeries in Amsterdam. And it was right there under my nose. Why didn't anybody tell me about this bread before? Why would anybody, after tasting this, go for second best? Now that I tasted this bread, I made it my mission to tell everybody about this bakery. <laughs> there is a popular saying, and it says, a Christian saying, the gospel is just one beggar, hello, telling the other beggar where the bread is. Jesus said in the gospels, I am the bread of life. Unless you eat of me, you will never experience the real life. And some of us here, we, are, we, we long to experience real love. We're craving for it. 
and we just don't know where to find it or nobody has told us. Some of us, we fill ourselves with second best. It fills for a little while, but then it leaves us hungry again. Some of us are feeding our appetite with the wrong things and it leaves us empty and searching endlessly. Some of us have the bread, we have it, and we need to start sharing it with those that are craving and hungry and desperate. Yes, give the Lord a hand. If you are here and you long to be fulfilled, you desire, you want to experience something real, fresh, new, let me tell you, you came to the right place. This is the Lord's bakery. So <laughs> from one beggar to another, the fulfilling bread of life is here when you believe it. Your dreams, your desires, your health, your restoration, your joy, your peace, everything that you've been so desperately craving for is here. So my invitation to you this morning, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is paid, it is free. You are next in line. Be expectant, the Lord is ready to fulfill you. Amen, God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Esther. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Let's continue. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Would you say that with me? I am the light of the world. The one who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to take you to Something that led to one of the darkest periods of my life. It was 2009. I was a 37-year-old man. And I was working in the Amsterdam police force. I remember we got a call. It was just a nice afternoon. We got a call like um, there is somebody who needs help. So I walked into an apartment building all the way up. And I was confronted with about a 60-year-old man with a big knife. And this man, he didn't know what to do with his life anymore. But before I knew, I was, I was kind of cornered. And I didn't know what to do. So I was like, okay, I don't want him to kill himself. But he's so close to me. And I have my gun here. So I should shoot him in the leg. But I shouldn't. And all of a sudden, I got flashbacks of my dad who passed away two years earlier. He reminded me of my father. I got into a, a scene where I... Uh, uh, what should I do? I couldn't wait for backup. So I talked to him for an hour. He laid down his knife. And he, man, I, I went to, the, 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 to my police office. And everybody was like, man, you, that was awesome. You talked to him. I collapsed. This was the beginning of the darkest period of my life. Because all of a sudden, I didn't take care of handling the death of my father. A lot of other stuff. I got into a depression for six months. I had to turn in my gun. Remember, I was, I was a pastor. I was a born-again Christian. And I didn't know what to do with my life. For six months, they told me to go psychologist. They told me to talk to this. Nothing helped. And I thought... What am I supposed to do with my life? God has been faithful. We have three beautiful children. Until one day, I still remember, I watched a Christian movie. Can you imagine a Medea movie? Diary of a Mad Black Woman. <laughs> Woo! I remember, I was sitting there, with Esther was sitting there, and then the preacher said, is anything too hard for God? 
something connected with my spirit. And I started crying. Esther said, you what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I think God is doing something in my life. So all of there, the dark clouds, I went on my knees. I started worshiping. All of a sudden, that depression for six months, the dark clouds, it started to open up. And the light of God started to come in. What people couldn't do, God did in an instance. I want you to know this, this afternoon, if God did it for me in 2009, my friend, I don't know what you are struggling with. I don't know what you are going through. All I know is that he says he is the light of the world. And I'm also declaring, is anything too hard for God? He can bring light into your darkness. Can somebody give God praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Yus. We continue. I am the true vine. Would you say that with me? I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We moved into a new home about a year and a half ago. And one of the things that I was, was most excited about is that it had fruit trees. Now, all of this is new territory for me. I don't know how to take care of fruit trees. Uh, so I was surprised when our gardener says that every winter he prunes and he cuts back the trees. And I thought, okay, well, that's a little odd. I thought that if you want more fruit, you just, just let the thing grow, right? So sure enough, one day I get home and I see piles piles of branches all over our yard and I had a minor freak out and I thought oh my gosh he killed our trees but thank goodness as it turns out the gardener knew what he was doing you see a gardener knows that if you don't prune back your trees they can become diseased a gardener knows that if you don't prune back your trees your fruit can be small and not as sweet a gardener knows that if you don't prune back your trees branches can actually stop producing fruit all together. So as it turns out, if you want good fruit, you have to prune. Now I imagine if trees could talk, they might not like the pruning process. I imagine that getting things chopped off and removed is quite painful. But in the same way, when God removes something from us, when he takes something from us, something maybe that we think we desire, Working through it can be quite painful. But here's the thing. Imagine with me for a moment, God is the gardener. From afar, you, you water, you, you add the nutrients, you make sure that there's enough sunlight, but when you prune, you get close to each of the branches, you inspect them, what's living, what's dead. You're looking at the fruit clusters, seeing what stays and what goes. He's so close that you can feel his breath. In other words, in the midst of our pain, he is so close to us. And there's so much intimacy with God created in those painful moments because he is right there with you. When he's clearing away the dead things and clearing away things that shouldn't be there anymore and clearing away overgrowth, 
There's this transformation that happens on the inside. There's a change that happens on the inside. You become healthy and fresh and energized that you produce an abundance of the most incredible fruit. What I find even more interesting about pruning is that it's not a one and done thing. You don't do it once and then it's good for the rest of its life. Pruning is a continual process that happens every single season. When we become followers of Jesus, in order us for co to continue to produce good fruit, there will always, always be seasons of ongoing pruning. When I look at my life today, and I turn around and I think of painful moments that I've been through up until now. Yes, the pain is rough and the pain is real, but I wouldn't change one thing about it because I can see the growth in me and you, you remember the feeling of knowing God is right next to you. And none of it would have happened if God just left me as I was, but God loves us too much to leave us as we are. He is pruning so that we can be the very best versions of ourselves. Thank you, Lauren. We wrap up the I am's with this statement. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Would you say that with me? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, though they die, yet shall they live. Hallelujah. It's been about three and a half years since uh, my dad passed away. And I got to tell you, I still miss him. I really do. After he lost his long battle with cancer, boy, I lost my very best friend. And after he passed away, these words of Jesus, they became even more personal for me. Because when death shows up, and it will show up, one lady said that there's only two things certain, death and taxes, and she wishes that she would experience the first one, or the, in them in that order. <laughs> and death will show up. Taxes will show up too. Today's April 15th. Hello. Those things are certain. And when death shows up, it looks to be so final, doesn't it? And yet there's something in the human spirit, an underlying hope that perhaps this isn't the end. Now, there are clues all around us. There's all kinds of stories about people who've had near-death experiences. You know, there's... Well, it seems like the human mind can be distinguished from the material brain. There's discoveries in quantum physics that seem to open up the door to the unseen world. And there's the fact that the regular experience around the world throughout history in every culture has been some kind of belief in the afterlife. Walk outside today and when you see a butterfly, remember it started as a caterpillar when that caterpillar climbed into that cocoon, it looked like it was gone forever, but then one day it comes bursting out and soars into the sky. 
So we have all of these clues that, that hint that there could be something more. But if Jesus had not come, we would still be in the dark. But when Jesus came, he turned on the light and he took those clues and made them a certainty with his declaration, I am the resurrection and the life. When he made that declaration, you remember where it was at? It was at a funeral. At a funeral of his dear friend, Lazarus. Lazarus had been dead for four days. That's significant because in that culture, they believed that for three days, the spirit hovered over the body, hoping to find a way to enter, to re-enter that body. But after the third day, the spirit left. There was no chance at all, no shout at all. If you were four days dead, you weren't nearly dead, sort of dead, or mostly dead. You were really dead. But Jesus comes into that moment and he cries out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Would you say that with me? Lazarus, come out. Say it in a loud voice, everybody. Lazarus, come out. How loud was it? Well, it was loud enough for the crowd to hear and believe. It was loud enough for the demons to hear and to tremble. It was loud enough for the, well, for death to hear and obey. And it was Lazarus, uh, loud enough for Lazarus to hear and to come out. I wonder if Jesus hadn't called Lazarus by name, would the whole graveyard had emptied out. When Jesus made that declaration... I am the resurrection of the life. He brought back his friend from the dead to prove that he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And that's why, amen. That's why even when death shows up, we can say with confidence, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God. We have the victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Our World of Arts team is getting prepared to present the Last Supper to you as we prepare to go to the Lord's table. And if you're here on campus or watching online and you'd say, you know, Pastor Ken, I've never really stepped across the line and, and declared that I am a follower of Jesus. I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I admire Jesus. But I've never stepped across that line. Every journey starts with a step. And today can be your day to step across the line and say, I am a follower of Jesus. And if you're making that decision, even in this moment, would you slip up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Wherever you're at, inside the building, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Right over here, God bless you. Up in the balcony and say, Pastor Ken, out there in the amphitheater, those watching online, out in the parking lot. I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need a savior. I cannot save myself. 
And I believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. And I put my trust in him. And I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I surrender my life to him. Thank you, God, for loving me like you do and making me a part of your family. Amen and amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Hallelujah. As we prepare to receive the Lord's table, if you don't have the elements, I encourage you to lift up your hands and the ushers will make sure that you do get the elements. But the World of Arts team is coming to take us back to that moment, back to the original Lord's table. Would you welcome them as they come? about you. You're that teacher. You tell the blind to go in peace right after you open their eyes. You command demons to come out. You heal the crippled and the deaf. The lepers shout your name. You told Lazarus to wake from death. I know your name is Jesus. Are you a friend of sinners? Why invite me to your table? I am Cain. You are able. Are you the father run to meet me? Because I am prodigal, unworthy. My name is undeserving, but your name must be mercy. I am one who ran away. Your name is Leave the 99. My name is Fatherless Abandoned. Your name is Welcome Home. In a world of dreadful kings, you're the king who left his throne. Your name is Love, and my name is beloved.
so long to share this Passover meal with you before I suffer. For we will not eat together again until we eat together in the kingdom of God. I tell you the truth, for one of you will betray me. The one who has eaten from this bowl will betray me. Rabbi, am I the one? You've said it yourself. But Take this and eat, for this is my body, broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. I just heard the news today. It seems my life is going to change. So I close my eyes, begin to pray. Joy stream down my face with arms wide open under the sunlight. Welcome to this place, I'll show you every day with arms wide open. With arms wide open. sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. If I had a one more wish, only one demand, I hope you love like me. I hope you understand that you can take this life and hold it by the hand. And you can change the Thumbs wide open under the sunlight. 
me please take the elements hold them in your hands Jesus thank you for your body that was broken for us because you were broken we can be made whole and today we look to you as the bread of life and we receive the life that comes from you let's eat of the bread of Christ together And Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Because you gave your life, we can have life. Fulfilling life, satisfying life. And today we raise this cup to life. And we receive the life that comes from you. Let's drink in life from the cup of Christ. Now I invite you to say the prayer with me that Jesus taught us to pray, the Our Father. Would you say it with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Would you let our pastoral team and the world of arts know how much you appreciate them helping us to experience Good Friday. Thank you so much. So great to have Manuel back with us. Yeah, great to have him back with us again. Well, don't forget, you know, tonight, if you'd like to come out and see the Passion of the Christ on the big screen, we'll be showing that. And then Easter Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30, we'll have three services here. And then our television special on CBS at 9.30, a 30-minute special to reach out to the unchurched in our Bay Area. So please be praying for that too. Again, thanks so much for coming out today. So good to see you. I love our cathedral family. What a great, great church family it is. Thanks to all the guests and friends who have come out today. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And today, all throughout Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, may you know how much you are loved by God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go.